You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldblatt, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Hashem Israel 5782. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Vayikra. We have the beginning of a brand new Sefer, a brand new book of the Torah, and we have Hashem calling to Moshe. Now that we've created this Mishkan, now that the Shechina, the Divine Presence, has come down upon the Mishkan, Hashem calls to Moshe Rabbeinu, and He commands him in the Avoidah, the service that's going to take place inside of the Mishkan. And the Medrash gives us some very important ideas at the very beginning of our parasha of Ayikra, El Moshe Reb Tanchum ben Chani Loi Posach. Reb Tanchum began to explain the concept of our parasha, what is the idea that Hashem calls to Moshe. And we're going to have a few different, important, interesting ideas that are explained before we get back to what it means that Hashem specifically calls to Moshe Rabbeinu. Baruch Hashem Alochov. As is the way of the Medrash, the Medrash will bring a Pasuk, which in the end is going to relate to our Parsha, and it will say a few different ideas that seem to be unrelated, but of course, all of these ideas are also related. Baruch Hashem Alochov. The verse says in Tehillim, in Psalms chapter 20, uh, 103, verse 20, Bless, O you Hashem, I'm sorry, Hashem will be blessed by His Malachim. Malachim, we usually refer to as angels, but it also can mean God's messengers. And we'll see that it's not referring to angels, but rather somebody else. The ones who are very powerful, those who do His will, those who do His word. Says the, says the Medrash, who is it talking about? Who's this, who are these Malachim? Who are these messengers? Right? Usually a Malach is, as we said, an angel, because an angel is a messenger of God, doing the will of God. In the Gemara says, I keep saying the Gemara, the Medrash says, It can't be that this verse is referring to angels, to heavenly messengers, because we already have the Pasuk, the verse tells us that all of his hosts, right? when we refer to the Malachim, when we refer to the angels themselves, they're referred to as the hosts of God, the army of Hashem. Why? Because Cults of all of them do God's will. They don't have any bechira. They don't have free will. They don't have their own uh, sense of self and desire to do things their way. So therefore, it says cults of all of them. But this pasuk only says Baruch Hashem Mal Achav, which indicates it doesn't say all of God's messengers. It indicates that only some of them are involved in blessing God, right? Says the Medrash, this must be speaking about. The, the creations who are here in this world, and as the Yosef explains, we are all created and put on this earth in order to serve God, in order to do God's will. So we are also referred to as God's messengers. But it's not all of us, because even though you could be a messenger and not fulfill your, uh, the, the, that which you were sent to do, right? So we are all messengers of God, but we are not all per se blessing God with our actions. So it's only referring to those who do indeed do God's will. Or the tzaddikim, we'll see who they are. Says the Medrash, since the upper ones, they're able to stand up, to be able to do all of that which God commands. Therefore, Nemar Baruch Hashem That's why it says, "Bless God, all of His hosts, all of His army." It doesn't say all of his angels, all of his messengers. Why? 
Why? Because we can't. We have a Yitzhahara, We have a, we have so as Eitz Yosef says. We have the the hubris which is inside of us that which makes us feel like we are our own person separate from God. And therefore, therefore it says Baruch the human being can be referred to as an angel, and as we'll see in the continuation, it's going to be prophets are considered angels. Moshe Rabbeinu is considered an angel. We're going to see even the farmers who, during the Shemitah year, keep God's will and don't farm their land, they're considered angels. As you might have noticed from the many different organizations, the ads from the organization that helps out the farmers. To be able to continuously do God's will. Not so simple, not such an easy thing to do. Another way of looking at this verse, or another a deeper explanation of it, the prophets are referred to as malachim, as angels or as messengers of God. Verse says, God sent an angel who took us out from Egypt. Right? Who was the one that took, took us out? Was it an angel? It was Moshe Rabbeinu. Moses was the one who was sent by God to take us out. Why is it referred to him as an, as an angel? We see from here that prophets can be referred to as an angel. And it's a very simple idea because a prophet is somebody who, as the Atheist explains, he's misbeided, he meditates, he removes from himself all of his physical aspect. And he com- becomes completely aligned with his soul, with God's will. So he's very much like a malach. His focus is completely on doing God's will. He's just a messenger. Becomes through his choices, through his attitudes, through his commitment to God. He becomes somebody who is completely focused on God's will, just like a malach who only does God's will, like an angel. We find a similar idea. We find another prophet who is referred to as a malach, as an angel. Pasuk in Shoftim in Judges, second chapter, verse 1, says that a malach Hashem, an angel of God or a messenger of God, came up from Gilgal to this particular location. So he says, Why is it referred to him as an angel? We see that it was actually Pinchas. Because an angel wouldn't travel from one place to another, it would just show up. And it wouldn't appear to many people, as the Eitz Yosef explains. But rather, clearly it's, it's an individual, a human being. It was Pinchas. Why does it call him a Malach, an angel? An amazing thing. Just like we found by Moshe, a very similar idea. That when Pinchas would have Ruach HaKodesh, when he would have divine inspiration, his face would shine like he was on fire. Because God would be shining through him. So, therefore, he's referred to as a malach, as an angel of God. And again, as we said, it's because the, the Navi, the prophet, is somebody who completely exudes God's light. Why? Because all he cares about is doing God's will. Rabbanan Amri, Rabbanan say, Another interesting place where we see a similar idea, it's actually in the opposite direction, was that the wife of, Man- of Manoach, who would end up having a child named Shimshon, right? Samson the prophet. So they saw a Malach, he and his wife, and they didn't realize, they thought it was actually a human being, they thought it was a prophet. Kisvura, 
They didn't realize that he was actually an angel. So you see that it's something that can be confused, because you can see a human being who's on fire with godliness, and you can see a malach, an angel, and they have the same look, because they are both truly the the messengers of God. Rabbi Yechanan says from the time that they are young, the Nevim, the prophets are called Malach, and they're called, they're called angels. The Pasuk in Chagai refers, Chagai was a prophet, refers to him as the Malach Hashem, the angel of God. We see that from the time that they were very young, they are referred to as Malachim. Okay, now we continue. So Moshe Rabbeinu also is called a Malach. He's the one who took the Jews out of Egypt. He's called God's angel, God's messenger. So another aspect of this, besides the fact that we spoke about their Ruach HaKadosh, their prophecy, their communion with God, their alignment with their spiritual aspect. Another aspect is the same verse in Talim and Psalms, chapter 103, verse 20. It says that they are mighty. They do God's will. What's it talking about here? Yisak says, the verse is talking about those who keep Shemitah. Very difficult thing to do. Generally speaking, as the way the world works, so it's possible to do a mitzvah one time, once a week, or a week long, one a month, to continuously do it to do it for a whole year, to do something which requires tremendous self-restraint, not to work the fields, not to, not to have any parnasa, not to have any livelihood, to give that all up. Because the Torah says, The farmer, so his field is, is not going to be worked, his vineyard is not going to be worked, and he has to pay taxes, and he's quiet, he doesn't say anything. Is there somebody who's greater has greater power than that? Maybe the verse is not talking about someone who keeps Shemitah. So the, the Medrash says we actually find the same word used in two places. Here it says, the one who does his word, who does his will, uses the word word. In the context of Shemitah, uses the word, this is the matter, this is the word, Devar HaShemitah, of Shemitah, of the seventh year. So the, the measure says that we see clearly from here that the word Dover is used in both places. Why? Second, before we read the next section, why? Because the power of the Shemitah is similar to the power of the Prophet. The one who keeps, who doesn't, who doesn't work his field for that full year to keep doing God's will, despite your Yitzhar, despite the the or the hubris inside of us that says, "I I need I need to have a partner's livelihood. I need to be my own person. I need to provide for myself." Right, that thing that's inside of the person, very much like the prophet, who also gives up his own will, gives up his own desires to do God's will. He becomes a messenger of God. So to the one who keeps Shemitah also becomes, in a certain sense, a messenger of God. He's completely representing God in this world through his actions. says the Medrash, Rav Huna b'shem Rav Acha Amar, b'Yisrael she'amdu lefnei har Sinai, ha'kasu medaber. 
Another explanation of Oisei Devar, what does it mean that they do his word? It's a reference to the Jewish people at Mount Sinai. The entire Jewish people reaching an incredible level, just like Malachim, like angels at Mount Sinai. Why? They said, they became one with God's word, so to speak. How? By saying, We will do and we will hear. We are willing to do whatever you say, God. We're, we're not even, we don't even need to, to hear what the conditions are yet. We completely are interested only in your will. By saying that, they became like angels. They became like the prophet. They became like the Shemeshmita, the one who keeps the sabbatical year. So it's an amazing thing. So the message is saying, at first it's saying, oh, this is something for prophets. Then it's saying it's for regular people like farmers. Then it's saying it's for everyone. It's for each and every one of us. We can all be like an angel of God. We can all, we all have a shaykhis, we all have a connection to, to godliness, to being like angels. Those who are mighty and strong. It requires self-restraint. It requires greatness. Rav Tanchum says like this, Now at the very end of the Medrash, here we are at the end of the Medrash, and the Medrash is going to teach us, why is it, Vayikra Hashem Moshe? We're coming back now to our Parsha. We want to understand why does God call specifically to Moshe? What is unique and special about Moshe? And by this point, perhaps, you might have figured it out. What's special about Moshe, Rabbeinu? That it's specifically to him that Hashem calls when, when the Mishkan, when the Mishkan is built. The way of the world is, if you have a heavy burden, so, one person can't carry it, but, but sometimes two people can carry it if they carry it together. I'm sorry, right, like we said. There could be something which is too heavy for two people to hold, but four people can hold it. Is it possible that something which is too hard for 600,000 people to hold together can be held by one person? Meaning, what was the Masa Kavi that was too difficult for 600,000 people to hold? 600,000 people, 600,000 Jewish people stood by Mount Sinai and they were not able to receive the prophecy. It was too heavy for them. Even though they said, they wanted to hear, they heard God's voice, but they all died. Hashem brought them back to life. Second time, same thing happened. They said it's too much for us to carry the burden of hearing God's voice. And as the Medrash, perhaps we could say, understands it, or as maybe as I understand it, <laughs> they couldn't handle the, the complete self-nullification that was necessary in order to hear God's voice, because to really hear God's voice means that I have nothing of my own. I'm just a reflection of God in this world. So for a moment they could hear it. For two statements they could hear, they could hear it, but more than that, they wouldn't be able to do. But Moshe was someone who had, was at such a deep level of self-nullification that he could hear God's voice and he could live and he could continue to hear God's voice and he could continue to live. Because he was on this level of a malach, continuous, continuous self-nullification, continuous giving up of his own ego, continuous acting like a true angel of God. So you see that even though they couldn't carry the burden of 
of all submitting themselves completely to the will of God, Moshe Rabbeinu could. Moses had that ability that 600,000 people together didn't have. You should know that this is so. To whom did they call? To whom did Hashem call? Hashem, Vayikra Hashem Moshe. Right? Hashem only called to Moshe, Rabbi, to Moses, because who does God call to? God calls to His angels. God commands His angels, because they are the ones who are going to listen. They are the ones who are going to be able to fulfill His will, because they don't have any self. They don't have any self-will. Moshe Rabbeinu, however, was also like an angel, and therefore, he was the one to whom God called. He was the one who would be able to listen to God's command and fulfill it no matter what. Amazing, amazing, deep idea that our Medrash is teaching us. And what we see from this, as we said, is that Moshe Rabbeinu was on an incredible level, clearly. This is the Torah. It was written by Moshe Rabbeinu. He didn't have anything of his own. He had nothing. He said nothing on his own. He had no self-will. Anything that God said he would do, for that reason God would call out to him. But this is something that's also, as we saw, can, can apply to, it can expand and be applied to a broader audience, so to speak. It applies to the prophets. It applies to the Shemesh Shemitah, to those who keep the Shemitah, and it can apply to the entire Jewish people on a limited level, right? They couldn't hold up that level, but I'll add, they did reach that level. They were called Adam Arishan Kaidam They were like Adam before the sin. They had the ability to all of them uphold that level. They chose not to. It was too great of a level they felt to continue. But we all will reach this level that the entire Jewish nation will be able to be like Malachim, to be like angels when Mashiach comes, when the Messiah arrives. We will return to that level of Adam Arishan Kaidam the first man before the sin. It's something that really is Shaykh. It does pertain to every single one of us. But certainly on an individual level, each one of us, just like Moshe, like the prophets, like the Gibere Kayach, the Shem the farmers who overcome such a difficult Nisan for a full year to hold up that level of negating self-will. It's an incredible thing. But it's something that we see pertains to all of us, to each and every individual as well, besides for all of these people who demonstrate greatness in their submission to Hashem's will. So I want to bless you. I ask you to bless me. Hashem shall help us that we should be able indeed to recognize that we have the potential to be like angels. We have the potential to hear Hashem's call. Hashem calls out to Moses. He also calls out to each and every one of us. But when does He call to each and every one of us? When can we hear His voice? To the degree that we limit our self, that we limit our physical aspect, our gashmias, our desires, to the degree that we do that, we become like angels to whom God calls. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.